This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Welcome back to the Games for Girls podcast. Today's guest uh, is a guest that, let's say, maybe five years ago, I never would have imagined uh, would be on my side of this issue. Granted, I never would have imagined five years ago this is an issue we would have to take sides on. Uh, But this is an unexpected voice. Uh, It has certainly become a controversial voice. Uh, This is someone who has been in the limelight uh, really his whole life, uh, at least, you know, the past 50 or so years. Uh, But as of recently, uh, in the limelight for a totally different reason, Uh, Bruce Jenner, some of you may remember, voted the world's greatest athlete, uh, won the Olympics in the decathlon, but now is Caitlyn Jenner. Uh, Transitioned nine years ago and has been living his life identifying as a woman. Uh, But the stance that he has taken in protecting women's sports is the sensible, common sense approach in saying that men don't belong in women's sports. And again, his voice is valuable given the fact that he's transitioned himself and he was a world-class athlete. Uh, I am super excited. So check out the interview with Caitlyn Jenner. Well, Caitlyn, thank you so much for coming on the Gains for Girls podcast. Uh, your voice on this has been a unique one, and some would probably even say an unexpected one, but undeniably, your outspokenness has been an influential one, and it adds a new perspective. And so um, we were talking before this, you've been in the limelight for a long time, uh, but I would I imagine- I to say it, right? 50 years, 50 years, yes, yes, a long time. But these past few years, uh, since I think it's become public to the world that your pro common sense and that you're pro America. Uh, it's a different kind of limelight. Uh, what has that been like? Well, it's been interesting. Um, you know, I transitioned, uh, nine years ago and, you know, at first when you do it, um, your attitude is very different. You know, you don't know anything. I didn't know anything. And, um, I had to learn so much. I had, you know, when I transitioned, I had never met another trans person. I mean, I couldn't, I, I had to stay stealth my whole life. And right. so there was just a lot to learn. And it's been a growing process over the last nine years. I've learned a lot. Um, I like to think I do have common sense, uh, on issues when I think a lot of times, uh, the uh, trans people do not have common sense on certain issues. You know, I look at it as I am very lucky. I wake up in the morning every day and I just be myself all day. That, that's all it is. I, I just be myself. This is me. This is how I live. Honestly, I I was getting ready to do this and I was thinking to myself, wait a second, I haven't even put makeup on in two months. And I <laughs> said, do I remember how to do this? Yes. Do I remember? Fortunately, I'm okay. Uh, but um, it is a growing process. Um, and, uh, you know, the bottom line is this. Uh, 
If you believe in gender dysphoria and that gender dysphoria is a mental condition, okay? Obviously, I believe it. I've lived it my whole life, okay? Now it becomes, if you are gender dysphoric, how do I deal with it? You know, um, yep. everybody's story is different. And my story was, I just lived with it all my life. I snuck around, I don't know, probably never had a time to read my book, Secrets of My Life, but I tell the whole story in there, how I snuck around, how I lied to myself, how I lied to people. And I just, honestly, at the age of 65, I couldn't take it any longer. I'd raised all my family. I had, you know, done everything I could do. And uh, now maybe it was time to take care of me and let's deal with this. And what is the best way to deal with it? And I've just, you know, it's been a growing process along the way. Yeah. Well, I watched the Netflix documentary, uh, which I learned a ton about you, your career, your transition, uh, where you're at now. So it was it was insightful, you know, for me. But you kind yeah. of mentioned, you know, you had never met a trans person um, right. you know, nine years ago. But now it's seemingly become what I would what I would call a social contagion. Uh, the way the youth has is being affected and impacted and, and identifying as trans, I would say, is exponential uh, compared to nine years ago. And, of course, much longer uh, than that. And so I kind of want to get your take on that very briefly before we talk about some of the, the women's sports stuff, uh, specifically the LPGA stuff going on. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, it is, like I said earlier, it is a learning process. You you go through it. You, you learn things. Um, uh I'm dyslexic. And a million years ago, after the games, nobody ever talked about it. Okay. Some reporter asked me to, um, uh, to do an interview on being dyslexic. Now, this is nine months after the games. I thought, Hey, I would love to do that. Maybe it's going to help some young kids out, you know, because nobody talked about it before. And so I did this interview and in today's terms, it went viral. It went all over the place, you know, and over the next four or five years, I saw this word being dyslexic become huge. I mean, parents were going to their kids and if they turned one word around or they said, oh, my God, my child's dyslexic. I have to get help. I have to do something about it. And I see schools for being dyslexic are opening up. Psychologists are doing complete programs for dyslexic kids. And it goes out of hand. And I got about three or four years into talking about it. To be honest with you, I stopped talking about it. I said, everybody's trying to make money off this thing, you know, and it didn't have to be that way. Cut to many years later. Okay. My intentions when I transitioned was for me to live with myself. I couldn't do it privately. I had to do it publicly. I was in the public eye. I was won the games. I was on the most successful reality show in history. The list goes on and on and on. I'm in the public eye. Unless I like moved to Alaska to the backwoods and in a little house and I hid there. And that's not going to work. I got family. I got 10 kids, you know, 23 grandchildren now. Oh my gosh. And I, I can't leave all of that. So what do I do? I try to do it in a respectful way. Respect to the community. Or I hate to call them a community. Smack to trans people. To uh, to do it the right way, do it with dignity, do it true as smart as I possibly can. And the media, and I, I just, the, the same thing happened 
to this that happened in the dyslex dyslexic story. It just became a story that was everywhere. I mean, the cover of Vanity Fair started it. I, I actually set a world record when that thing came out on Twitter. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I was the first, uh, the fastest ever. I beat out Obama uh, to a million followers, did it in four hours and 20 minutes, you know. And so it went, that's, that's was the beginning of this crazy, crazy time. And I think in a lot of cases, I have been used uh, right. by the media, uh, by the left who's trying to push this. I have been used. So today it's the same thing. I, I feel the same way. Although I technically can't stop talking about it because there's a lot of things that have to be done. But I think society has to start stop talking about it. This is a small, small, small group of people, but it's a big media issue and it's it's not going anywhere, especially until the elections are over in 2024. Totally. Which kills me because if the Democrats were wise, they would stop using it as an election issue because it is an issue they will consistently lose on, despite which state you're in. Even in, in these blue states like California or, or whatever, it's not a winning issue. It's just not, especially as it pertains to sports. Um, so in California, Gavin Newsom just approved that uh, illegal aliens can uh, get gender uh, transitions. Ah, here in California, is this guy a loser or what? Yeah, it's kind of. Yes. It is It is crazy. It is so totally out of control. And I'm afraid also it's going to hurt a lot of people. Right. Um, because, you know, I raised 10 kids. Um, every month, it's a different child. One month, it's this thing that's going on with them. Oh, my God, it's, it's a friend or this or that. And then uh, two months later, it's a whole nother set of issues. Um uh, we have to leave our children alone. Our, our kids can figure this out. If they are truly gender dysphoric, we can deal with that. But um, uh, there's going to be too many people that are marginal. Um, right. That I, I think of my own life. Okay. When you're gender dysphoric, you're kind of born that way. Yeah. You know, I don't know. If, are you right-handed or left-handed? I'm right-handed. Let's see. I'm left-handed. Why are you right-handed and me left-handed? Right. I don't know. It's just the way people are, you know, it's just how, who we are. And same with gender dysphoria. It's just part of you. It's just who you are. And um, and that that can be pretty scary for a lot of people. And they just it's been taken advantage of uh, for the by the left and particularly. But even in the right, the right's done the exact same thing. So um, uh, I don't want a lot of young kids to get hurt. Because if this was me growing up today, I'd be in fifth grade and my math teacher's talking about being gender dysphoric. And I would go, oh, my God, they're talking about me. Maybe I should do something. Maybe the, the school says, oh, we should do something. You should get on hormone. You should. It's the only way you're going to be OK. No, I, I got into sports. I got through all that stuff. To be honest with you, I to believe if I hadn't been gender dysphoric or uh, dyslexia, I have dyslexia, uh, I never would have won the games. Yeah. It was a big part of me, you know. Um, that was uh, a very big part of me. I had to prove myself. And I found my little niche in life. You know, everybody's got something that they're really good at. You know, I always say to young people, you got to find, you got to find that thing. You got to find what you're really good. When you wake up in the morning, 
you're you can't wait for the day to start because you got training to do, you've got this to do, you're you're painting the perfect picture, and you just can't wait to get back into that room and get that painting going, you know? That's what life's all about. And if they would have come in, they could have just screwed my entire life up. You know? So leave me alone. My life is fine. I did it. I have no complaints. I wouldn't change one damn thing. Yeah. Well, it got you to have 23 grandkids, which is the biggest blessing. 10 kids, three grandkids. Can't complain there. Um, No, I certainly can't complain there. And all I can complain about now is protecting women's sports. Riley, we've been on this. We've been doing this, what, for two years, three years? Isn't it wild? Um, Yeah. It'll be at least... for me, uh, with Leah Thomas, that was March of 2022. So almost two years uh, have been at it. You now have a pack, which is amazing. I want to give you the chance to talk about that in a bit too. But, uh, you know, you're one of the world's, actually, you you probably are the world's greatest athlete of all time. I did win that title. Yes, I did. Yeah. And it's, and it's a well-deserved title. Um, but now, yeah, exactly. Here we are. Uh, your specialty, the decathlon, uh, there was a, a, a male uh, running at RIT, a school, a university in Rochester, who just broke two school records. Um, and now, you know, you're, you're big in, in golf. division. Yes, in the women's division. Uh, and now, of course, in golfing. Look, you're a big golfer. Um, honestly, I, I, I don't know a ton about golfing. I know there's, there's of course, um, well, men tee, tee, tee off when- your bag. When when you're out in California, you're invited to come out and play with me. Who? Okay, you yeah. need to get you need to get started. It's a great sport, you know, that you can do the rest of your life. You're not going to be swimming the rest of your life, but right. Yeah, yeah. We have this. Uh, Haley Davidson has come in to the sport, a trans uh, woman. Uh, as you know, because we've been working this one together for a long time, right. Um, um, I have been out to protect, I've been very consistent. I've been out to protect women's sports. I know it's not fair. Okay. It's for trans women to be in women's sports. Um, if you went through, even if you didn't, but if you went through male puberty, okay, it's over. Your lungs are bigger. Your, you know, your, uh, skeletal structure is bigger. Um, you know, especially if you played sports like um, Haley played uh, men's golf, you know, and now all of a sudden, a few years later, because of a hormone level now, uh, she's all of a sudden eligible to play with the women. No, that's not the case. And um, we just have to protect women's sports. You know, women have worked so hard through Title IX for this and that to get to get into sports and to get the benefits of sports. Look at what you've done in, in your life got scholarships, you went to college, you got an education, you learned about winning, you learned about losing, you learned about hard work, all the things that you have to have in life. And you right. can learn them in a clean and wholesome way in sports. I am a 100% supporter of sports for men and women, but in particularly women, and they need a fair playing field. And if we, uh, if we open up this door and letting trans women into women's sports, It'll eventually be the end of women's sports. I mean, it's that simple. It's right. just not fair. Right. You know? Even this um, Haley Dickinson, I, I saw actually you sent uh, 
some of the responses you had uh, to me. And, and I thought they were all pretty interesting. And, uh, you know, this one said that um, she played against Haley and got into a playoff. And when he got into the playoff, all of a sudden, the swing speed went up and started hitting the ball 15 yards longer, you know, I've because she right was. And, and this girl, yeah, just like you said, I sent you some of these. Um, yeah. I had tons and tons and tons of women who have played against Haley Davidson reach out to me. And that the girl you're talking about, she said, I played in total 56 holes with Haley. So I believe yeah. I have a high understanding of Haley's swing or Haley's swing speed, ball flight, and distances. Yet when the playoff began, Haley was suddenly swinging the club 10 to 15 miles per hour faster, increasing the length of shot by 30-plus yards, giving Haley an advantage that had not previously uh, used during the prior holes. Uh, and the list goes on and on uh, of different things this girl said talking yeah, about this. She was, yeah, she was, he was, you know, she was sandbagging it. She didn't want to outdrive everybody by a long way. Uh, and I think you had the exact same thing. Leah Thomas, I watched the races she was in. You could tell. I mean, the one she wanted to win, she just got out in front and just went fast enough to win the race. And then I think another one, she got third. It looked like she was going in slow motion. You know, she had this, what was she, 6'4"? You yeah. know, this long reach, long arm, and it was going so slow. And, and getting closer to the finish line didn't even put on a sprint to try to beat anybody because Why didn't, the she didn't think it was good. Which is why this whole thing is offensive. You know, there, I mean, it makes a mockery of what women's sports are because we train our whole lives to be the best that we can be. Uh, those last 10 yards, uh, you turn the legs on, you're, you're, you're sprinting into the wall, just as you said. And yeah, it, it doesn't take a swimmer to, to go back and watch the videos. And, and it is blatantly obvious that Thomas was not yeah. He was the last one off the blocks every time. Uh, didn't do the same amount of dolphin kicks off each wall. It was stuck out like a sore thumb compared to the rest of us. So now my question to you, uh, Riley, you've been a girl for a long time, right? I sure have. 23 yeah. years. <laughs> 23. Why is, it, why is it that the women always have to give in? Well, it's because we're willing to. Uh, if you look at this Bud Light thing, for example, when men felt threatened, they said, no, we're not putting up with this. We'll just we'll take our money and go elsewhere. But women, uh, I think we're we're quick to smile as we're kind of being stepped on and, and to kind of cheer on our own erasure. Even if you think about it, you know, we have um, now mother is deemed offensive, but father yeah. has deemed offensive. Um, it, it's still used in peer reviewed medical published journals and in state laws, but now mother is taken out and it's birthing person. But we're not calling men sperm producers or erection havers. Uh, but that's, I mean, that's the equivalent to what we have now been calling women uterus yeah. eaters or cervix havers. And it's because men simply wouldn't put up with it. Well, you know what? I think the best thing about women's sports, and we have to keep it women's sports, is that. We can celebrate the skills of the female body. You know, um, I've watched for years. I've been around a long time. I've watched for years how women's sports has progressed, how these women have gotten so good at what they do. Right. You watch women's basketball. The skill level is ridiculous. I play golf with 
women golfers uh, who are on the LPGA tour. They kick my butt. I don't even have a chance. And honestly, I just love it. I just love their skill levels. And it's amazing that uh, women have shown how capable they are at at sports and what they can do with their body. And uh, we honestly, we need to protect that, you know, and and bringing trans athletes in is not protecting women's sports. You know, it's sad to see that society is doing this and forcing this on women's sports. And it's not the athletes. It's not you saying, hey, we need some trans athletes in here. You know, no, it's society that's forcing it on it. And I just feel like they're just going down this big time slippery slope. I'm out to protect women's sports. We don't need to go here. Okay. We need to protect women's sports. They do phenomenal things um, and keep trans athletes. It's just, it's not, but we don't need it. So what should these girls, um, the LPGA golfers who are, who are hoping to make their bid to the tour, uh, what should they do? What, what's, what's the course of action to take? Well, uh, I, I, I think that's something that they have to decide. Right. Um, I've heard some rumors that they're all going to wear like pink outfits on one tournament and stuff in protest of this. And and Haley is not even there yet. She's only on the qualifying tour right. uh, to get in. But um, it, and it's not about Haley Davidson. And it's really not even about Leah Thomas. I, I've got nothing with them. You know, I mean, I just hope them nothing but the best. I mean, going transitioning is one of the most difficult things you can do in life. In society, um, fitting into society, uh, with your family, with just everybody around you. It's an extraordinarily difficult thing to do. And I do it smoothly. And I wish them nothing but the best. But when it comes to the sports thing, that's kind of where I have to draw the line. You know, you have to have a little dignity. You have to have self-pride. I would get no satisfaction at it like beating a woman in golf. Right. No, it's just like they wouldn't even occur. Why? Why? That's, you know. Right. Um, And so uh, uh, I'm glad they go out and do their own thing, but they have to do it with some dignity and and how it affects other people. Right. And trans women in women's sports, it's just, it's a negative thing for a lot of people. A lot of young girls thinking, I don't want to go out for golf. I don't want to learn golf. Why? Because I'd have to someday. I'd have to play against some guy, right? And they don't go into sports, and yeah. that's a shame. It is. Um, yeah, you you mentioned um, it's an Olympic year. You mentioned Thomas. Yeah. Um, now Thomas has announced that he is suing World Aquatics, which is the governing body ultimately that created the new policy um, that said if you've gone through male puberty, you can't compete in the women's category, which is a very sensible approach. I don't think it's a perfect, um, I don't think it's a perfect policy necessarily, but it was, you know, they were really the first first ones to prioritize fairness um, as opposed to inclusion, um, which was a bold first step. They even went as far to create a third category uh, at these high level meets. No one has competed in the third category yet, which is why I say a third category would never be a solution, right? Yeah. There's not enough of them. No. I mean, you couldn't make up a football team out of all the trans people that are in sports. You know, it's just not going to happen. 
Uh, Leah Thomas coming back, and honestly, I think she's a narcissist. I think she just wants the wants the publicity. I think, you know, she was a, virtually a nobody. Nobody knew of her until she was beating your butt and um, and got into women's swimming. And right. then all of a sudden she was on, you know, covers of magazines and she's, you know, just living up all the press or she's getting clicks all over the place. She's getting followers all over the place to see what this story is. And well, for the last six, nine months, really haven't heard much about her ever since the Olympic Committee came out and basically said, you're not eligible. And uh, now she's trying to fight that. I think she's doing it for the publicity, you know. I don't know any other reason why she should. I mean, you know, why she would. So, um, you know, let her get her little, a few more days, you know. Yeah, I don't, think the, I don't think the lawsuit actually has any merit. I mean, I just can't imagine this is a suit that, that Thomas would win by any means. So, so. Unfortunately, in this society we're living in, we can't trust the law. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? Yeah. Yeah, no matter what side we're on, I, I've lost faith in in a lot of the laws that are out there right now. So, well, I'll uh, tell you, it's kind of scary. I'll tell you. Um, I don't know if you remember back in San Francisco last year, where I was virtually—I mean, I was attacked. Oh uh, yeah, got message today from the police in San Francisco and said they've suspended their investigation and there's no one that can be charged, <laughs> which is so wild. Uh, I think the police failed. I think, of course. You hold the students responsible. I think you hold the university responsible. They said there are no grounds for any any repercussions to be had. So you're right. We can't trust the law. That's that's yeah. been more than that. Oh, I totally agree. I remember seeing the video. It was even on video. You know, and it's still there's nothing there. Yeah, there's nothing there. Yeah, yeah. It's just like you know these illegals that beat up those two cops. You know, I mean, oh they, they get away with it. You can't trust the law anymore, and it's it's a shame. No. Um, yeah, we have to make some changes in the future. That we do. Um, I'll tell you one of the, the things. One of the things that makes me laugh almost the most because it's, it's kind of funny is when you'll post something and I'll go in your comments and people call you transphobic or they'll say you're anti-trans. Oh. What's what's your response to that one? I mean, they're basically saying Maybe you when it comes to trans. Yes, when it comes to trans women in women's sports, I guess I am a little transphobic, okay? I just don't think it's right. I have nothing against trans people. You know, I have met in the last nine years that I've been out, I have met some of the most wonderful people, some of the smartest people, just, I mean, good human beings, you know? And there's so many more of that who have, you know, dealt with something that is extraordinarily difficult to deal with, done it in a classy way, done it the right way, moved on with their lives and lived very productive lives. Um, but then you have in today's society where you have the internet, you have, you know, getting clicks, you have this, that. Some of them are out there trying to, you know, right. build up their profile. And um, and that's, and I have a problem with that. You know, they, they see, I, I already was a celebrity. I, I didn't, you know, I didn't do this to become famous. I do actually. I did this and became a lot of ways so <laughs> controversial, and you know, in another way that I, I kind of lost a lot. Lost a lot of followers. This that you know, and slowly they come back. But um, uh, 
Yeah, I. Yeah. I like trans people who do it the right way. And you know what? Most do it the right way. But that's not the ones we're hearing about. Right. And especially female to male. You never hear about that. No. And you'll never hear about it in sports. And you know what the percentage is? About 49% female to male and 51% male to female. Wow. So it's about 50-50. And the guys, first of all, it's easier to transition that way. And... um and they just don't want to be activists. They just want to slide into society and move on with their life, you know? And right. it's much more difficult going the other direction to be yeah. passable and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Because well, I got my terrible voice. I never did anything about my voice. And to be honest with you, and that was, I was too tall, you know? Actually, I was 6'2". And I just went and got a doctor's appointment. And you know what? 6'1". Really? I I shrunk. Wow. <laughs> I said, this is fabulous. By the time I'm 95, I'll be a perfect 5'10". <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, yeah. And my voice, I didn't do anything to my voice, you know, and it, it even scares me when I hear it, you know. I go, oh, my God, my voice. Um, but I, I, I just don't care. Hopefully people listen to what I have to say, not the tone of my voice. Right. Well, it's it's as if you don't need to necessarily be affirmed by others because, you know, you're comfortable yeah. now. Um, so, yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. Uh, but we've said 2024 is a big year. Of course, it's a presidential year. It's imperative that we get Joe Biden out of the White House. We have mentioned it is an Olympic year. What do you say you and I go down to Paris uh, and, and we commentate the Olympics? How about that? There you go, baby. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. You can do a great job in swimming. Um, no, I am, uh, I am actually talking to people. Um, we'll see. We'll see. Do you it. know, I would, I obviously, I love the Olympics. I mean, I've been to many of them, competed in two, um, and, uh, but been to many since the games. And there's a few things in life that you just have to do. And one of those things when it comes to sports, it's like the start of the Indianapolis 500, a Super Bowl, but, the opening ceremonies of an Olympic Games. There's nothing better in life than that. Amazing. It's just each country does it their own way. It's just the history behind. It's just so good. You know, it's just, yeah, so good. So um, I, I love the games. And I think it'd be great. It'd be great. Well, I'm looking forward to it. I'll book our flights tonight. So, <laughs> no, All right. I appreciate you so much. Uh, like I said, your voice is a powerful one. Um, it is oh, a I'm keep talking. Good, good. Yeah, uh, I just did that big piece in the Daily Mail in the Daily Mail on this whole, yeah, on the uh, the whole golfing thing, and uh, yeah, it was very, very, very well received, very well received. So that's good. The two of us, we just have to keep fighting. Of and, you course, you were going to have to fight on every at every sport at every level, you know, Day and we're going to have to. Give confidence with our fight to women, okay, uh, who are in sports, who are more and more willing to stand up for their sport. Right. That is what it's going to take. You know, it's like in golf. If they had a big tournament and 
they had this trans athlete in there and nobody else shows up. Come on. The LPGA, they would say, oh, boop, 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 boop. you know, what they're doing right now, they're making decisions for the minority and neglecting the, the majority. majority. You're right. Yeah. Talk yeah. about the They can't do that. And you have to realize that the majority has the power. Of course. Yeah, not these little woke, you know, trans people. Of course. Uh, you know, a woke official. Talk about your pack really quick. How can people follow along with, with what you've got? Well, just I'll tell you what, for right now, because we're right kind of in the middle of a lot of things that we're doing right now, that I am, um, <clears throat> you know, I'm still with Fox News. I'm coming to the end of the contract. You know, we'll see what happens there. Um, but there, you know, certainly have other things to do, if not that. Uh, but I will just continue to fight. Uh, um, I, I, I'm, I'm a passionate about two things, protecting women's sports and two, parental, um, right. uh, the power of the parent, you know, uh, the home. I grew up in a, in a wonderful home with a mother and a father and uh, loving parents and this and that. I see how government is trying to destroy the family structure. And uh, I'm passionate about trying to keep that family structure together. You know, and uh, so I do a lot of things over there, too. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I stay busy as I want, you know, and I work on my little golf game and I fly my little airplane. You know, I've been flying forever. I bought a bush plane. So I'm having fun flying out to the middle of nowhere. It's great. Good for you. Yeah. Well, it's amazing. Uh, and we are grateful for you. I'm grateful that you uh, donated some of your time. I know I know you've got a lot going on. Um, so. We will continue to be in the fight together. Uh, I imagine we will um, be able to see each other again sometime soon. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure we'll see each other soon. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, I know. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, just very appreciative. Good luck to you, Randy. The fight has really just begun, uh, especially as it pertains to this whole LPGA, what's going on there. Uh, we will continue talking about it. We will continue having people on the Gains for Girls podcast. Uh, and this will continue being in the forefront of the media as it's a presidential year. Uh, this is not an issue that is going to slow down anytime soon. So thank you guys for joining. I hope you enjoyed. Uh, make sure you like and subscribe and comment anywhere where you get your podcast. You can check us out at outkick.com and we will see you again next week.